Pastor Ray Bentley on the story of the Good Samaritan. If Jesus were here today telling that same story in Jerusalem, he'd be saying a Palestinian saw a Jew and ran to him and helped him. If Jesus was preaching in Gaza, he'd say, and a Jew ran to the Palestinian and knelt down. So who is my neighbor? Anybody who is in need, including our worst enemy. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When we hear Bible passages about loving and helping others, we might picture nice people, people we want to help. But when we learn we're here to help our enemy, whoa, 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 wait just a minute now. But that's following the example of Christ. We'll learn about that today. Here's Pastor Ray. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. And we're going to talk about the uh, Good Samaritan, the story that Jesus told there. In verse 17, we read, And then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And in verse 21, we read, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for as so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Here's what Jesus is saying. In another way, in this very passage, he's saying, I and my Father are one. I know my Father and I can reveal him to you. And my Father knows me and whoever the Father reveals me to them. If you know who Jesus is, it is because the Father has drawn you and opened your eyes. And who is Jesus? Yes, he is the Messiah. Yes, he is the fulfillment of over 300 prophecies. Yes, he is the Savior. Yes, he died on the cross for the sins of the world. Yes, he rose from the dead. But let me also hit that final nail right on the head. Jesus is also God. He is God the Son. He is God manifest in the flesh. And, you know, that is something that the enemy, he, he wants to get people away from that. But here, Jesus says, I am revealed by my Father. I know my Father. The Father knows the Son. And there's this mystery of the Trinity. But in the Bible, it says, even in the, in the Old Testament, and Jewish people know this, 
the great Shema of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And the Hebrew word for one means plural. Even the word God in that statement. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Elohim. And if you know Hebrew, Elohim is plural. And so God, yes, we believe in one God, but here's the mystery. God is revealed in three persons. And we give it this name called the Trinity because there's an equality among them. When the Holy Spirit reveals this truth to you that Jesus is God and that the Holy Spirit is God, that they are all unique and distinct, and yet they are also one. Just as uh, water can be in a liquid form and it can also be in, in the form of ice and it also can be in the form of a cloud, a mist, three different forms and yet one in essence. The only difference between those three things and the Trinity is those three things you know, can't be of the same substance at the same time, but the Trinity can. God the Father is eternally the Father. God the Son is eternally the Son. And God the Holy Spirit is eternally the Holy Spirit. I put into your notes here Isaiah 9, 6. Here's a prophecy about the Messiah where the Trinity is even hinted at in a unique and a different way here. But here it says in Isaiah 9, 6 about the Messiah, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's a prophecy about the Messiah. And yet here, one of his very titles is not only Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. So when Jesus said, I and my Father are one, he is the perfect expression of the revelation of God. And we pray to our Father in the name of Jesus. But I encourage you to know and to recognize and, and may the Holy Spirit open any minds and any eyes and any ears and any hearts to see the truth of who Jesus really is. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he turned to his disciples and said privately, blessed are your eyes, or the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see, and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear, and have not heard it. And then in verse 25, it says, and behold, or it came to pass, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. This guy gave the right answer. We talked about how James gives the analogy of looking into the word like a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what manner of man that you are that you saw or not making adjustments. So I used a kind of a silly analogy 
of waking up in the morning and you're all disheveled and you go look in the mirror and you know it's like wow I, I better go take a shower wash my hair comb and brush and brush my teeth and all of that you make adjustments but that if all you do is wake up in the morning you know you look in the mirror and you go whoa you know bad news and then you just go and get in your car and drive to work and you don't change anything about your appearance you're going to be embarrassed you're going to be, you know, shamed and humbled. Well, in the same way, if all you do is, if you just glance at the mirror, that's just like hearing Bible studies, but never obeying it, never applying it. And the reason I bring this up is because Jesus knows when this young man or this scribe comes and asks this question, so Jesus says, well, he turns around, he says, well, you tell me, do you know the answer? And he goes, as a matter of fact, I do. And here it is. He knew the word, he knew the Torah, he knew the law, and he knew the answers to life are to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus saw something else in this man that answered. He saw that while he knew the answer because he had looked and glanced into the mirror and he had, he had the right answer, there was something still not right in his heart. He wasn't living it. He wasn't walking it. And, you know, I just want to exhort all of us here tonight that it's good to hear Bible studies. It's better to hear them and obey. A sign of maturity and health is self-examination. Is this me? Is it talking about me? Lord, is this something that I need to look at? and making those applications, making those observations. And there's a healthy balance when you know that the motivation is love. Just like a, you know, a parent that helps their little children when they're especially little to get dressed and look their best and look after them and care for them. That's the attitude that your dad has. So in verse 28, and he said to him, you have answered rightly. So Jesus goes, okay. Then, uh, and, and he's baiting him, by the way. He goes, go ahead, do this and you will live. But he, and notice what the Gospel of Luke adds. He wanting to justify himself. Okay, so he's really, he's got an agenda here. What, and to justify himself, let me explain what this means. There's a particular way of applying this to his life that he doesn't like, nor does he want to do. And he wants to know, am I okay? if I don't apply this to my life. And it's very easy to you know, say I'm a Christian and have the name of being a Christian and have you know, the, the bumper stickers and, and you know, the, the Bibles and the tassels and the leather covers, but it's another thing if you actually live and apply the things that you state. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, so and who is my neighbor? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people he was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. 
and I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Jesus answered and said, and here's that famous story, and we'll just read through it. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he ran to the man, got down on his knees and saw what he could do to help him. Is that what it says? No. He passed by. Well, where did he pass by? On the other side of the street. Likewise, a Levite, the tribe of Levi. These are the guys from which the priests came. They at least had Levitical duties in the, uh, in the courts of the temple and the tabernacle of old. So a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked. It's like you look at the mirror and then walk away. And he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So, and here's what compassion does. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him, and on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So, which of these three, Jesus asked, do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And notice the answer of the man. In the story, you, you would think immediately, you would say, oh, it was the Samaritan guy, but he can't bring himself to say Samaritan. He says, it was him, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. There's a lot going on here. First of all, I want to suggest quickly that this may not have just been another parable, you know, like there was birds and seeds and, you know, just a story. The way this story is told, and it's been suggested by other commentators and Bible students, is that this may have actually been a true story. And not only that, but it appears it may have been a story that actually either the guy who was asking it or some of his friends standing right there had been part of and had actually been guilty of. You know how Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is Jesus. He knows what's in the minds of men. He knows what's in the hearts of men. And he pulls a story right out of, hey, I wanna get straight who my neighbor is. Is it possible this guy had walked by a half-dead, beaten-up Samaritan on the road, and then a you know, priest and a Levite, and maybe he had tried to say the story in such a way that I'm okay, right? I bet that this guy was shocked when Jesus made the hero of the story a Samaritan, the outsider. If Jesus were here today telling that same story in Jerusalem, he'd be saying a Palestinian saw a Jew and ran to him and helped him. If Jesus was preaching in Gaza, he'd say, and a Jew 
ran to the Palestinian and knelt down. And he would, whatever situation and wherever he was, he would reverse it. And that this is what true compassion is. So who is my neighbor? Answer, anybody who is in need, including our worst enemies. Wow. Who is my neighbor? And this is the great commandment of God. Thou shalt love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who's my neighbor? Anyone in the entire world, including your enemy, who is in need. Anybody then who happens to be in your path as you're walking down the street. And, you know, again, I have to, I have to examine myself. You know, now I've, I remember um, back in the day and when it was customary, you know, you, when you were young and excited and wanting to share the Lord and sometimes I would pick up a hitchhiker just to witness to them. Now you don't do it because we have to use discretion in the times. But at the same time, you know, I remember how we would invite people over to our house. We would let people get, you know, it's messy when you get involved. And we, our culture is such that we don't, we have a nice, comfortable place, but the Holy Spirit and, and, and the love of God and the grace of God works when we cross those boundaries and those barriers. You know, another interesting thing, as we examine ourselves, Lord, am I walking by? Wounded people? Because a priest would say, look, I'm justified, right? Because the Bible says in the law, you can't touch a dead guy. The guy was already half dead. What if I walked up to him and he expired and died and I had touched him and then I'm unclean? And then I gotta go through all these cleansing rituals. I gotta stay righteous, right, Lord? No, you're missing the whole point. What good is it to be ceremonially clean when there's a man who got half dead beat up and the other part of it is, what if you're a half-dead, beat-up Jew and your enemy comes to help you? The Jewish guy could have looked up and said, no, oi, get away. But he doesn't. It's amazing how when you're in distress, that all of a sudden all the other barriers seem to melt away. Now it's just boiled down to just, I'm dying. Help anybody. Who will help me? Jesus said, that's where my sons cross the street. That's where my daughters get down and get into the messy lives of human beings. And that's where I think really the Spirit of the Lord moves mightily, powerfully. The gospel comes alive. That's when the anointing of the Spirit comes upon us. That's when all of a sudden we're saying things and we go, I don't even know why or how, where it came from. It's the Holy Spirit comes upon you in those times as you share. The other thing is about this scribe and this priest. Do you know that twice a day in the morning before they had gone down this road, uh, they were to recite the Shema, part of which is there in Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 8. It says, in these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. They were reminding themselves verbally every morning and every evening, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. They did it in the morning, they did it in the evening as you walk down the road. Sandwiched in between their reciting that we need to love God and love our neighbor, they walked by their neighbor on the other side of the street. How sad is that? 
So it's important for us, you know, not just to say, yeah, I'm a Christian and wear a Christianity on our sleeves, but do we really have the love of Christ and the compassion of Christ and show that mercy to those we meet on the road of life? Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Love. The world needs love. This last thought, verse 38, it says, Now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Yes, this is Mary and Martha, whose brother was Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead at the end, there in Bethany, the little village on the Mount of Olives. But at this particular time, Martha welcomed Jesus into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Oh, you gotta love that. You know, there, Martha, commanding the Lord, giving the Lord orders what to tell her sister what to do. Jesus answered, I'm sure with a smile, gracious, and answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You can feel the affection and the endearment. He loved Martha to, to pieces. She was a good woman and a godly woman. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You know what I think happened? I think all those 70 guys got back and they had all these exciting stories. So all the other, the other 12 and, and all the other women and all the other disciples, they landed on this house where Jesus was. And now, you know, Martha's got all these mouths to feed and there's supper and, and she's running around trying to feed all of these people. And there's little Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. And she just says, I've had it. You know, she's serving, serving, serving but she comes to rebuke her sister. And Jesus says, no, Martha, she has chosen a better part. Know this, to the Lord, it is more important rather than serving and going and doing and even ministering and our calling and all the righteous activities and the people who are lost and need to be saved and all the things that we could be doing, the best thing that we can do is sit at the feet of Jesus and learn of him. In fact, Jesus was giving a living sermon saying, before you can be an effective Martha, you must first become a Mary. Sit at my feet, listen to me, wait upon me, hear me, know me. Because had Martha sat with her sister Mary, she never would have had the audacity to order the Lord Jesus Christ around and tell him what to do which is what happens to people that are not sitting before the Lord. They get burned out and they go, Lord, and their prayers give a lot of direction to God, what he needs to do. <laughs> How many have found that God doesn't need our help uh, or our direction or advice, our counsel? He doesn't. Sitting at his feet. Amen? Pastor Ray Bentley with great insight today on reaching out to our neighbor and insight on the importance of sitting at the feet of Jesus. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. By the way, today's study is titled, Who is My Neighbor? If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com.
There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.